invite you to remain standing as you're able and hear gladly the greatest story ever told according to St. Luke chapter 2. We're reading verses 1 through 20 in the old King James Version. Hear the word of the Lord. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria, and all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, under the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards all people. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste. They found Mary, Joseph, the babe, lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. This is the word of God for the people of God. You may be seated. The birth announcement of Jesus on that first Christmas Eve apparently was so stunning, so transcendent, that it was accompanied by music. After those petrified shepherds received the good news, Luke says that there suddenly appeared a multitude of angels. Let me give you a paraphrase, a mass choir that joined together in praise. In fact, Luke even recalls the specific anthem that they sang that night. I don't know why it is. Church people can never remember the sermon, but always remember the anthem. And this is what they sang. 
Gloria in excelsis Deo, translated, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth, goodwill towards all people. Did you know that the Gloria is a Jewish doxology? It's a hymn of praise, not unlike other hymns in the Psalter, in the middle of your Bible, the Psalms. So apparently the news was so astonishing that night that it was like music to their ears. I sometimes wonder, what would Christmas be without music? What would life be without, without a song? Billy Rose in 1929 wrote a tune that's been sung by hundreds of artists. The lyrics are these, probably you'd know it. Without a song, the day would never end. Without a song, the road would never bend. When things go wrong, a man ain't got a friend without a song. Well, those of us who make our home in Music City understand the importance of that lyric, don't we? Because music has built this city. What are we now? 1.9 million in Nashville? 15 years, we're going to be 3 million? I don't mean to stress you out, but it's looking a little like Atlanta around Nashville. Music has built this city, and it continues to build it. In fact, music is a part of our roots that go all the way back to Davy Crockett. Did you know that Davy Crockett was considered a pretty good fiddler in his time? And that even late in the 1800s, the Fisk Jubilee Singers made Middle Tennessee famous because of their a cappella music. Even the Nashville Songwriters Association in 2018 has this as their motto, it all begins with a song. What would tonight be without music? Last Sunday night, I hope you were here. Many of you were here. We had our chancel choir host the Festival of Carols. It was, it was remarkable, standing room only, place was packed. And a funny thing happened right before the prelude, the orchestra, about 50 of them on the floor, they were tuning up. And I was listening and I heard above and beyond the strings and woodwinds, the tuba. The tuba player was practicing was tuning up, but he was not playing the scales. He was playing this odd little refrain that frankly seemed to me a little out of place and caught me off guard, and it sounded something like this. Now, I'm sitting right behind Buddy Benedict on the first row, and I look at him, and he looks at me. I look at him, and he looks at me. And I don't want to embarrass him. I wouldn't call him by name, but his initials are Carrie Lyon. (laughs) And he's in the house tonight. When I heard that tune, all of a sudden, Carrie, I was 16 years old. I was sitting in the Martin Theater at Hundred Oaks. I was eating popcorn, and I was watching Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Can you believe it? Isn't it amazing? The capacity of music to evoke memory. Music has a way of transporting you to another dimension, doesn't it? All of a sudden, you're sitting there, and you hear a tune that reminds you of years before, and you're just transported to another time, another place. 
And when the tuba player played that, I thought of John Williams, the great American composer whose cinematic musical scores often communicate the plot of the story better than the script. So that when you hear this refrain, you remember it's from a motion picture that I saw as a teenager where a terrible fish terrorizes a community. It sounds something like this. I'm glad you came, Greg. Thank you for... (laughs) So I was 15, Myrtle Beach, on vacation. I saw that movie. I never left the pool. (laughs) Music. Or how about this one from a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. bet you never thought you'd hear that at church. (laughs) I'm sitting there still. I'm thinking John Williams. I'm listening to the tuba player. I thought of another piece that reminds me of every parent's nightmare when you leave on holiday and you think you have everybody on the plane and it sounds something like this. And again, I'm sitting there, the tuba's playing, and I'm saying, Kevin's not here. (laughs) And one other John Williams theme that strikes a chord probably with every millennial in the church tonight, the story of a young wizard trying to make sense of life that sounds something like this. takes you back. It's remarkable to me, the power of music to communicate a story. And so it is with Luke chapter 2. What would Christmas be without music? Oh, come all ye faithful, angels we've heard on high, oh, little town of Bethlehem, oh, holy night, silent night, holy night. Grandma got run over by a reindeer. I didn't ask him to do that. What would Christmas be without music? The score of Christmas, get this, says Luke, was originally sung by a multitude of the heavenly host, a mass choir of angels, and it's music to our ears. Longfellow said, music is the universal language of humankind. Hans Christian Andersen said, where words fail, music speaks. Beethoven said, music is a higher revelation than all of wisdom and philosophy. Music is the sound of feelings. My in-laws are here tonight. They came to the last service. My father-in-law for 50 years was a minister of music in the Methodist Church, one of the greatest conductors, almost as good as James Wells. He has a sign in his office that says, and I quote, God hears me when I pray, 
but God loves me when I sing. I think that's right. I think the psalmist would agree with that. In fact, I think he did in Psalm 23 when he said God inhabits the praises of his people so that when we sing, God dwells. He's here. He's living. He's residing in us. When we were in Lawrenceville, we were there for 12 years, east side of Atlanta, before we came back to Nashville in 2013. We had a man in our church, in our community, who didn't like music. In fact, he came to my office one day, I couldn't believe it, and he said to me, I don't understand why we have to have all this singing in worship. I don't get it, he said. Can't we just have preaching and prayer and go home? He's a little bit of a Grinch. Every church has one or two or three, present company excluded, of course. And then one Sunday, I sat beside him in worship before I preached, and I heard him sing, and I understood his problem. (laughs) It was terrible. It was horrible. It was like fingernails on the chalkboard. The only way I can describe it, he sang like a prisoner behind a few bars without a key. It, It was bad. And I know the scripture says, make a joyful noise, but I have to tell you, it was more noise than joy. But I said to him, you can't not have music. You can't have a close encounter without praise. You can't have doxology without a song. And they sang Gloria in Excelsis Deo. The same refrain that was sung at Jesus' birth in Bethlehem was also sung 33 years later at his triumphal entry into Jerusalem when on Palm Sunday, a mass of people lined the streets as Jesus entered into Jerusalem on the back of a donkey and they waved their branches and they sang a song, Gloria in excelsis Deo, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. By Thursday of that week, he knew what was coming. He was meeting with his disciples. He washed their feet, and then he served them the bread and the cup. And the Scripture says in Luke, then they sang a doxology. They sang a hymn. And Jesus knew what was coming. The prognosis on Good Friday was not good for Jesus, and he knew it, but he was still singing. On Good Friday, the music was over. In fact, the only sound that you could hear on Good Friday was the percussion of the nails. But on the third day, with the sunrise, there came a reprise. The music came back. And we've been singing ever since. You can't have worship without music. Life without praise isn't life at all. In fact, even those of us who are hearing impaired, we see them on Sunday at 8.15 over here to the right. They, even they join in the song. Every Sunday I see them. They sing with their hands. They sign their praise while we sing our praise. And when I see them, it's music 
to my eyes. The greatest story ever told comes tonight complete with a musical score against the backdrop of praise. And you know what? Tonight, you're in the chorus. Last word. It was 50 years ago this very night. I remember it like yesterday. It was Christmas Eve. 1968, Blakemore United Methodist Church over on West End Avenue. I was in the Christmas Eve children's musical. It was called The Friendly Beasts. It's in the hymn book. The theme song of that musical was a 12th century French carol by the same name, and the score featured the animals at the manger, children who were dressed like animals as being so full of joy that they joined the angels chorus. And so there were cows, there were sheep, there were camels, there were doves, and I was the donkey. I was typecast (laughs) by the director who happened to be my mother. (laughs) I dressed the part, I had one line, I still remember it. I said the donkey, shaggy and brown. I carried his mother uphill and down. I carried her safely to Bethlehem town. I said the donkey, shaggy and brown. I was sore afraid. I was shaking in my hooves. (laughs) Mama said I was the best donkey she had ever heard. Some of you have said similar things. My grandmother said it was music to her ears. Just like Hallie Mae tonight, just like Caitlin and Emma Grace, when you hear the voices of your children singing at the manger, it's music to our ears. In those 50 years since, I've I've played all the parts in the story. Sometimes I feel like a shepherd, hearing the news, being scared, and then running to see if it's so. Sometimes I'm more like the messenger, preaching good news to those who have ears to hear. Sometimes more like the magi, bringing some gift to lay at his feet. And God forgive me, sometimes the innkeeper, so busy that I don't have enough room in my life for Jesus I've played all the parts, and maybe you have too. I have no idea what part you're playing in the score tonight. But I know this. You have a verse to sing. You have a role to play. You have a message to share. Tonight, every one of us in this room are a part of the chorus, and I'm preaching to the choir. You're not just a part of the story. You're the reason for the story. You're the reason that God has come in Jesus Christ, and you're the reason he's coming back. Tonight is a night, if ever there was a night, for music. And if you don't praise him, the rocks will cry out. Gloria in excelsis Deo. That's our song, and tonight, 
It's music to our ears. Amen.